0: Hey everyone, this is Jack Knife, welcome to another episode of the Cutting Edge 2023 weekly New York Jets recap and just the same old story, the Jets lose to the Dolphins, week 12, Black Friday, the first ever Black Friday game, 34-13 at MetLife Stadium. And, you know, I didn't record this right away just because it was a holiday weekend. You know, I figured give some time to digest. You know, everyone's out with family and friends. You're not going to, you're not, I'm not one of those voices you're going to stop what you're doing to listen to. That's fine. I accept that. The goal is to eventually become one of those. But yeah, what can I say that hasn't been said already? I can think of one thing, and I'll read it to you in a little bit. I think the best place to start is by looking at the stats for this game tim boyle replacing zach wilson how'd he do 27 38 on completions 179 yards one touchdown and two interceptions sacked seven times to attack viola i don't know if i pronounced that right i don't know if i'll ever pronounce that right 21 for 30 on completions, 243 yards. Wow, he threw for more yards on fewer compu- completions. One touchdown, two interceptions, including a pick six by Brendan Echols. So I guess he did really what he could against this defense. And there was a glimmer of hope after that Brandon Echols pick six. And I think, and then there was another interception by DJ Reed to close out the second half. And you all know by now, Kirk Herbstreet said it best, perfectly encapsulates the New York Jets season. Boyle, he's a deep. And it's intercepted by Javon Holland from the Dolphins' own one-yard line. And he runs it back for a 99-yard interception pick six. Just wow. I mean, when that happened, I wasn't even angry. I was just dying of laughter. One, I basically accepted the Jets' fate at this point. Two, I was on cloud nine after the Rangers beat the Flyers. So I wasn't going to let that get me down. But yeah, this defense can only do so much. Like, what more do you want from them after the offense just cannot move the ball at all? Let's look at Tommy DeVito of the New York Giants. You know, since he came in, he's been involved in eight touchdown passes. That's... Since he came in five games ago, or not? Excuse me, not eight touchdown passes, just eight touchdowns in general. One of them was a running touchdown, at least one of them. In that, in five games, we're in week twelve. The Jets played eleven games. The New York Jets have like ten offensive touchdowns all season. Ten. And. The guys Aaron Rodgers wanted here have barely contributed. Randall Cobb's nowhere to be seen. Alan Lazard is a dropaholic. Tim Boyle, Aaron Rodgers wanted him for reasons. And of course, Nathaniel Hackett and his unimaginative play calling. It's just not fair. The New York Jets can launch any other quarterback's career except someone playing on their own team. Moe Lewis injures Drew Bledsoe, in comes Tom Brady. They injured Tyrod Taylor against the Browns, in comes Baker Mayfield. They injure Mitch Trubisky, in comes Kenny Pickett. I think it was Mitch Trubisky. He and Kenny Pickett's no nothing to write home about either. But injured Tyrod Taylor, again, in comes Tommy DeVito. It's amazing how nothing changes with this team. Not a thing at all. So... I think I do have one slightly unique take I can add, I can give you guys this episode. Because, you know what? Everyone's talking about regime changes, changes to the coaching staff. I think there's one man you could totally lay this at the feet at. It's Joe Douglas. No failure to keep the offense. Build a strong offensive line, you know, the offensive line also has to stay healthy, but still, but especially at the quarterback position. And I talked about it last week about how they should have gotten cartons and Wentz. And, you know, that's on Joe Douglas. And if Joe Douglas drafts a single defensive player in this upcoming draft, I'm fine with being like, you know what, we can't do this. Or at the very least, wait till the later rounds to pick on defense. Cause this defense is great. I'd say he does have the potential to be legendary. And you know what? Joe Robert Sal could have told Joe Douglas, no, I want to stick with Zach. Okay, that even if that's true, I still put that on Douglas because one because Douglas is the GM and he needs to say, like, listen. We got to stick with the plan for this kid. We appreciate how much you believe in him. One of the reasons why we love Robert Sala is how much he believes in his players. But need a more stable backup. And I'm not talking Trevor Simeon. And I do want to talk about Robert Sala. That is one flaw you could say about him. Maybe he believes a little too much in his guys. But honestly... I do not want him fired. There are hot seat talks raving up again. Because what else is new when you're the head coach of the New York Jets. And there is no greater sign of futility in an organization than firing the coach and general manager year after year after year. Or every three years. No stability. So... How exactly can I defend Robert Sala? Well, all the metrics and even the eye tests will show you how good the New York Jets defense is. I mean, you can't blame them for allowing up a lot of points lately. The offense cannot keep them on the field to save their lives. I do want to compare this to another legendary defense. And me, if the Jets defense does love Robert Sala as much as they do, they should probably take a page out of this team's playbook. On December 9th, 1981, the Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears defense wrote a letter to late Bears owner, George Hallis. At that time, the Bears were in complete futility. And offense was and it's very similar to how the New York Jets this year were doing. Very bad on offense, but pretty good on defense. They finished that year six and ten. Under head coach Neil Armstrong. But their defensive coordinator, you all know this guy. You you for sure know his son if you're a Jet fan, Buddy Ryan was the defensive coordinator. And while on the offensive side of the ball, the Bears struggled, they made a lot of progress on defense. And that defense, the personnel on the defense were very worried about losing Buddy Ryan, having to learn a new scheme, having to learn a new system, a brand new regime, you know, lose all the progress they made. Here's what they wrote to that letter on December 9th, 1981. Dear Mr. Hallis, We, the undersigned members of the Bears defensive football team, are concerned about the future of our team. We recognize that with the disappointing season the Bears have had this year, that there may be changes in the coaching staff and or the administration of the team. Our main concern is over the fate of Buddy Ryan and the other defensive coaches. Buddy and his staff have done an excellent job improving the defense, defensive team's performance. You need only look at our defensive statistics over the years to see the improvements that have been made. Even this year after our poor start, he was able to pull us out of our slump and turn us into what is now a good, solid defensive team. Buddy has maintained the discipline, morale, and pride and effort that we need in order to play well defensively in spite of the fact that we haven't had much help from the offensive team it would have been easy for us to fold our tent and play the season play out the season but buddy and his staff wouldn't let that happen our concern centers on the fact that if buddy and his staff are replaced it will set our defensive team back a minimum of two years and possibly more by the time we learn a new system and adjust to new coaches. We feel that if there is to be a change in the coaching staff, Buddy Ryan and his staff should be retained in order to avoid a setback for our defense. We feel that we are a good defensive team and with their help, we can be a great defensive team in the near future. Thank you for your considering our request. Sincerely, the Chicago Bears defensive team. And after Hallis received this letter, and you could watch the 1985 Bears 30 for 30, I highly recommend it. Halas arched into the locker room or whatever, and met up with the defense holding this letter, and he basically said, I've never been more proud to be an owner of this football team than after reading this. You want Buddy Ryan? You got him. And I bring this up because I see the Jets in a very similar state with a great offense and a great, excuse me, a terrible offense, but a great defense. Great offense. Jets. If there are personnel changes that need to be made, I get that, clearly, especially on offense. But on defense, you can't get rid of Robert Saleh. The Jets' defense has shown how good they can be, or how good they are. And it's not necessarily their fault that the offense can't back them up. I mean, that letter basically threw the Bears' offense under the bus, but quite frankly, I don't care at this point. I don't care whose feelings that hurt. That hurts. It's an objective fact that the Jets have a great defense and a porous offense. Now, Robert Salah is not perfect. There hasn't been a lot of discipline. You don't need to look no further than Michael Clemens' ejection. I didn't see that when it happened. You know, some of the penalties. But you know what? You look at the defensive schemes, you know, he he's brought to this team. How While they were competitive, were they were able to hold off Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts, you know, keep them for the most part off the board or really limit their success, you would be setting back the Jets defense by getting rid of Salah. I truly believe that. And I know what you're thinking, but his coaching record, are we forgetting that he inherited one of the worst teams of all time when he came here? I know it's been three years, but you can't just turn that around. And they came close to doing so until Rogers got hurt. I think that's something to take into consideration when talking about Robert Sala. Now, it seems like this season is kind of their defense is a little opposite of that 1981 Bears team. And perhaps I should have, I should have added some context to, the, to that 1981 Bears team four years later they would be they would be in 1985 and they'd have one of the most revered teams and defenses in football history going 15 and 1 winning the super bowl that bears defense is still talked about to this day i think one of my favorite nfl films moments it was a giants practice and Tom Coughlin's giving it to one of his offensive players in practice, saying, "Why are you scared of the defense? You scared of them? They, the the eighty five Bears? Will the New York Jets eventually defense eventually be that equivalent of the eighty five Bears? I don't know if I'd go that far. Especially living in an era now where defensive plays can get, you know, just breathing on an offensive player can." Get a penalty on some cases, but that's a story in and of, of itself. But regardless, what the Jets of this year kind of seemed to be doing the opposite of the Bears defense in 1981. They mentioned in the letter that they had a slow start, and they could have just packed up the tent and just played out the season. But no, they kept. They just got better. Here it's the opposite. Looks like the Jets came defense came out strong to you know, start the season, but they're kind of losing hope. The, and you could kind of read it in the coach's face too. I'm surprised he gave an interview after that pick six to end the half. But the Jets defense does need to keep playing hard for Robert Sala. And more importantly, they do need Robert Sala to believe again. Oh, Jack last week you were saying just tank the franchise. I'm not would the would I be happier if the Jets simply stopped existing and they stopped causing me so much pain probably but you know what we know that's not that'll never happen Woody Johnson makes way too much money on this team losing to just fold the franchise but we need Rob. the Jets need Robert salad to believe again. And the defense needs to have his back. You know, they're the guys out there on the field. They need to show, like, hey, we believe in you, coach, the same way you believe in us. We need you to believe again. It's like X-Men Days of Future Past when future Charles Xavier goes back in time to meet a younger, hopeless Charles Xavier. (laughs) Haven't had a good comic book movie reference in a while. But... Anyway, the gist of this episode, I think I've rambled on long enough, is that the Jets have made too much progress on defense to go through another co- coaching change. I believe in Robert Sowell. I really do. And while I don't, I think there's enough excuses this season to warrant keeping him, but I think some of the fans who are reasonably. Frustrated and impatient, I'm one of them. Should at least look at our head coach and be like, listen, this is the guy we want to go to war for. Because that Bears defense wanted to go to war for Buddy Ryan. And they eventually got Mike Ditka as the head coach and they went on to do great things. The Jets defense is as good. And they love Robert Sala as much as they do. I don't care how many games you may win or lose this season. Go to war for this man. Lift his spirits up because he looks defeated. It may not be your fault. Again, it's not your fault the offense can't move the damn ball to save their lives. But show that. But please, show Woody Johnson, show the fans, hey. Robert Sala is our guy. This is Jack Knife. Have a wonderful night, everyone.